What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Monkey Mind Podcast. Today's guest, we have Colin Clapton. Colin played college hockey at both Hobart and Salve Regina and spent time playing pro hockey with the Evansville Thunderbolts and the SPHL. It was a pleasure having Colin on, so without wasting any more time, we're going to get right into it. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. This is, I think this is awesome what you guys are doing. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard the first episode, but we're just like the whole purpose behind this is just kind of, uh, you know, we've both been in pretty tough situations before and we know what it feels like. And um, yep. sometimes you don't realize that there's other people amongst you that are going through stuff. And um, 100%. yeah, just trying to kind of bring awareness to that. And for those listening who are going through a hard time, just kind of know that they're not alone in the fight. And, yep. Um, that it's yep. okay to seek help, you know, stuff like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. But uh, for those um, who don't know, uh, this is Colin Clapton. He's got a pretty cool story. I've, I'm going to have an intro, obviously, um, before this. But, yeah, you have a pretty cool story. And uh, if you guys want to check it out, he wrote a, a, bl- a couple blog posts about it. Um, if you want to talk about that, Clap. Yeah, man. Um, you know, uh, went through a couple tough times um, early on in my college career up at uh, Hobart, my freshman sophomore year. Um, forced me to take a semester off, and um, that's kind of when I started to come to grips that I had some depression and anxiety issues, and um, took a semester off from school and transferred over to Salve, and had a good three-year run there. Kind of you know, went away for a little bit. And then, um, this past fall when I went out to play, uh, pro out in Evansville, it just kind of, it peaked to a point that, um, I had never really experienced before, I guess. Um, and when I came home, it was the first time I really ever decided to seek out help and, um, saw a therapist and a couple other, you know, doctors, and they kind of encouraged me to share the story and, um, I was talking to a good friend of mine who um, she was going through cancer at the time and she mentioned that she was kind of like journaling and blogging to herself and that it, she kind of talked to me and suggested I do the same. And, you know, I wrote, I wrote one and sent it over to her and she encouraged me to just put it out there and see, um, see what happened. And I posted it pretty nervous um, and just to see the feedback and how many people reached out said they were there for me how many people reached out and said that you know they were going through similar things but didn't want to speak up um it was it was pretty uplifting man it was kind of wild a little overwhelming at first um but then from there I just kind of kept uh kept putting out blogs just on whatever I could think of um whether it was like mental health or ways to kind of get out of a funk that you're in um anything that was just kind of related to you know, anxiety or depression and just, just to try to share my opinion and let someone know that they weren't alone. And, um, for anyone who wants to read or check it out, um, the link is in my bio and my Instagram, which is CJ claps 93, I believe. Um, and it's a blog spot <laughs> link. Um, so I can, uh, I believe it's the same. I think it's CJ claps 93 on blog spot or blogger, whatever that website is there. 
Um, and I'm pretty sure it's public. So, well, it is public. So um, if anyone wants to check it out and share, it's, it's out there and reach out and I'll answer any questions that, um, that come my way. Yeah. That's awesome that you were able to, uh, you know, express that and put yourself out there. I know it's not very easy at all. And to do that and open up is an awesome thing that you did. Thank you. That Thank helped you. you. Um, talk us through your, you know, your hockey career growing up and um, kind of tie into that where, you know, the anxiety and the depression kind of started and all that. Yeah, of course. Um, so I grew up, uh, got outside of Boston, like, you know, 30 minutes south. Um, played for the 93 South Shore Kings and River Rats growing up. Uh, shout out, you were 90, 95 Kings, right? 96? 95. 95. Uh, that dynasty team there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, grew up in the Boston area playing. Um, and then from there, uh, went to prep school, uh, Lawrence Academy in Winchenin. Um, did a year of juniors uh, in the uh, – I don't even know what the league's called now. It was the USPHL. I think it's like nine different leagues now. But um, And then did a year and a half at Hobart and three years at Salve and one year – or half a year pro. Um, but I think, you know, growing up, um, I think I kind of started to notice um, – I know depression and anxiety ran in my family. Uh, my brother and sister and my mother kind of always – struggled with it um and I think I kind of started to notice it probably like freshman year of high school but I didn't I, I didn't know what it was I, I thought maybe everyone was thinking the same stuff or everyone was kind of as hard on themselves as I was um and so I didn't really think much of it I just kind of tried to you know like any athletes do just kind of put it in the back of the head and move forward um and then as I got older and you know you start playing in better leagues and against better competition and you start working a little harder, it kind of started to um, wear me down um, to the point where, um, you know, at Hobart, I turned suicidal. And um, and that was kind of the first time I really looked in the mirror and said, uh, you know, this is something, something I'm living with and something I got to do, take care of myself. Uh, and that was a really hard step to take. I mean, I, I took that semester off. Um, but even then, you know, I, I did some counseling, but I, I never really fully committed to it until really this year. Um, so I think it was something that, you know, I kind of battled through throughout college. And now looking back, you know, as you guys know, or as anyone who plays a high level sport, whether it's hockey, football, whatever you want to play, um, you put so many hours in the gym on the ice, you eat right, you train, you skip nights out, you do what you have to do. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, the mental aspect of the game is just as important as the physical, right? So um, you go into a hockey game and your mind's only 75% on the game um, because you're worried about maybe a bad shift you had the previous game or a bad test you took. And, you know, these little things when you have depression and anxiety kind of eat away at you and your mind's elsewhere. And I think that severely affects your performance. So I think being able to tap into a resource like a therapist or whatever it is you have to do, I think, I think it's almost as important as, you know, the workouts and the, 
the things like that. And so like when I see guys like you coming out with like a podcast like this, I think it's really cool because I think, I think something, especially in the hockey community where it's so small and so focused on kind of being a, a tough guy. And I think it's something that goes overlooked a lot. Um, and I'm hoping with stuff like you guys are doing, you know, it kind of picks up and people recognize it and take care of their mentals um, just as much as they do, you know, their physical, their body, mind. So um, this year was kind of the first year I really took a big approach to it. And it's, it's definitely paid off. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, going back to, you know, when you kind of turn to that, like uh, kind of suicidal mindset, I mean, um, I'm glad you're still here to tell your story. And um, I mean, sure. just the fact that you've kind of gone through everything is just, um, I mean, it shows how strong you are and the fact that you asked for help and whatnot. But um, kind of touch a bit on, <clears throat> so we're talking about the physical side. Was there ever a point where you're in college that you felt like you wanted to talk some talk to someone but didn't know if you you could or the counseling standpoint or a teammate or a roommate yeah for sure um you know though the that year and a half at hobart was um that was probably the most telling time um and you know i, I was in and out of the lineup there because I, I was just man i wasn't uh i knew it got real bad like before the episode where you know i was I wasn't going to class. I was staying, like getting out of bed was a, you know, that was a chore for me. You know, I'd, I'd lay in bed, wake up and like could barely get out of bed. I'd be skipping classes. I'd, I'd eat maybe, you know, like one meal a day, if that stay up late, can't sleep. And it was kind of just like a repeating cycle. Um, but, you know, as a guy who was kind of in and out of the lineup there, I was, I was so afraid to, you know, pull a teammate aside and try to talk to him because I didn't want it to kind of, you know, you get scared that it's going to get back to the coach and they're going to judge you and all that stuff. Um, and now looking back, it, it's, it's silly because, you know, you guys know hockey teams are so close knit and so supportive where, you know, I've talked to these guys from Hobart now and they share the sentiment where they wished I could have came out and, you know, talk to someone about it. Um, and it would have gotten, you know, they would have pointed me in the right direction. Um, and there were definite times where, you know, you look into a, like they had counseling services at, at the school, but I, I was afraid. I was afraid to kind of face it myself. Um, and, you know, I think, I think like the whole point of this is it's not talked about enough. And, you know, schools are, I think schools are afraid of it too. Schools aren't really, you know, they don't broadcast their, you know, their therapists or their whatever they have to help you, counselors. Um, and so there are times I thought about it, but then I just, you know, I'd think I, I'd be afraid. So I just never opened up really to anyone. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time who, who knew maybe a fraction of it. Um, but like even my parents didn't know, man, when, when I wrote a blog, whatever it was a couple months ago, uh, you know, they were, they were kind of shook because they just had no, I put on a face for, I learned how to do it. I taught myself how to just kind of put on a smile, go to the rink for two hours and just kind of make everyone feel like everything was fine. Um, 
and then I'd go back to my room and that's when it got kind of back to the dark side of it. Um, so that's kind of the scary part when you look back is you don't know. I think a lot of the kids sometimes that you see who are, you know, smiling and big jokes or whatever, those are some guys that you don't know what's going on behind, uh, behind the curtains. So, um, yeah, it was scary. I never really opened up to anyone until, uh, until I left, which I look back and that's unfortunate because they were such a supportive group where they would have taken care of it right away. But that's the fear of opening up, I guess. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, <clears throat> it's funny that you mentioned it a couple of times. It's why it's scary to open up and it's be, because you don't want to burden somebody else or exactly. you're, you don't want to hurt your family. Yep. And it and you take it out on yourself. Yep. That's the craziest part about it. It's, you know? It's, it's the most, like, you hit the nail on the head there. It's the most, like, self-inflicting, like, you know, you're down in the dumps, but you just keep, like, punishing yourself, punishing mm -hmm. yourself. And then, like, you know, like, they, you got your best friends, and that's what they're there for, right? If you can't go to someone with, like, a problem, then you're probably not that close to them. Mm -hmm. and so like you look back and it's almost like silly that in my mind I never wanted to open up but I you're right I, I didn't want to be a burden on someone. I didn't want someone to worry about me or have to like look at me and be like you know how's clap doing right now like mm -hmm. I didn't want that for anyone and so you know you put more pressure on yourself and that's when it kind of just escalates and gets worse and um, it's kind of a slip it's a slippery slope yeah and I think I think that's why bringing awareness to hockey players and like obviously I want to bring awareness or we want to bring awareness to everyone, but athletes as a whole and especially hockey players and I just am using hockey as a reference, but I know obviously all sports have it. But as a hockey player, we're you know we're supposed to be you know built top and that fucking. Just grind it out and keep pushing no matter what. And yep. I think we kind of take that so seriously because we're so passionate about about the game that, you know, even when we're away from the rink, we still have that same mindset, even away from the weight room and away from just doing extra field work. And, you know, it gets to the point where, like, you, I think that was the best, best way to put it. It's so self-inflicting that yep. – you're, it's almost like we're fucking brainwashed. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, one thousand percent agree with the self and like self inflicting part. And I think that's why, like, us as hockey players and athletes in general, kind of struggle with the opening up part. And um, you know, I'm just glad that you found a way to open up and obviously you telling your story is going to help so many people. Cause I mean, you look at the situation, there's probably thousands and thousands of people going through the same shit right now. And same exact mindset as you and same position you were in. And I mean, I just think it's great that like you said it perfectly, the self-inflicting thing, like you never really thought about that, but that was great. Thank you. Yeah. Dude, I mean, like, like you said, like brainwash, man. And like, you know, as a hockey player, you grow up and you kind of develop that like head down mentality, callous mentality where like you get hit hard, you get back up. You're always pushing the guy next to you. You're always pushing to be better. And you're, you know, you're, you're kind of built tough and kind of, I don't want to say whipped into it, but like, 
you're from an early age, if you're playing high level hockey, you know, it's pretty demanding as are other sports. And I think you kind of develop this, like, uh, like, fuck, I need to be, I don't want anyone to see people look at it as a weakness, yeah. right? That's what, that's mm-hmm. what you think. And, and that's the unfortunate part <clears throat> When it comes down to it, it's, it's, you know, man, like you're born that way. It's genetics. You're not yeah. like it doesn't. And yeah, it develops over time, but like it shouldn't be looked at as a weakness. And no. I think that's in like, for me, that was the big thing. Like I always thought I was like mentally weaker or I didn't have the mental strength that like all my <laughs> buddies or teammates did. And you look back and it's kind of like, no, it's, it's not what it was. You're, you're still tough as those kids. You're just, you're kind of battling something different and it's, you gotta, you gotta separate your actual, like you're going through some mental issues or anxiety, depression. Like you gotta separate that from how tough you are. You can be the toughest guy in the room, but still have some thoughts in your head that aren't exactly positive. And you gotta try to like separate that boundary. It doesn't mean you're not a tough kid. That's not the, you know, and, I think that's what happens a lot with athletes and hockey players in general. They're afraid to not look tough or strong. And that's just not it. Oh, yeah. With and the thing you're saying too is a um, couple things here is that with how many people come out and open up, it's almost like it's normal to not have it, but it's also normal to have anxiety as well. And 100%. it's normal to have a high rate of anxiety or a higher, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's normal to have more anxiety. It's, it, 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 everyone's got something or that people don't have, you know, it's, it's very normal. Um, Man, and I know people stakes getting higher too. Go ahead. I know people who can't get on an airplane without, you know, like taking like an anxiety med or like, <laughs> you know, like people like, like, it's yeah. not like, like you said, like, it's not like a, it's not like a rare disease. I think it's more common than a lot. I, I, I'd be willing to bet there, there are thousands, thousands of people who, have it who just you know don't do anything about it or don't know they have it they just think it's like their natural reaction yeah and so you said that you started off in evansville this year and you left right yeah so i went out um i did seven games after my senior year last year okay um and then re-signed with them going out this year and you know i i mean evansville was I mean, you know, the, the SP, the coast, I mean, you guys, they're grinding. It's a, it's a grind. And mm. um, when I went out there last year, I was, I was lucky enough to, I knew a kid on the team. I knew the coach a little bit. Um, and, you know, I was comfortable. I went out there. It was a seven-game contract. I knew I was going to be there from A to B and then home. Um, and then I signed with him and over the summer, you know, training and everything. And kind of as I – got closer to leaving the anxiety was kind of building up and I could feel it. Um, and I just, you know, I wasn't really comfortable out there. Um, and I went out there and did the camp. Um, and it was the first time really in my life where, you know, I was, I was always one of those guys, like I loved staying on the ice after practice, playing golf, three puck, whatever, you know, whatever the boys are doing. And, yeah. Um, it's probably the first time in my life. It was a Wednesday, I believe. Um, and like practice ended and like the whole practice, like my, I just wasn't in it. Like every drill that was explained, I was looking up in the stands. Like I was head wasn't there. And it was like the first time, you know, practice ended whole team stays out there. Kids trying to make the team and all that. I just got right off the ice and like broke down like hands 
in my head, like crying, like no one was in the locker room. Teammate walked in and saw me and was like, dude, you all right? And I was like, man, like, I don't know. Like I got, I get like stood up, walked out. And I kind of said to myself, I was like, all right, I'll give it one more practice, you know, and went out there the next day and like a three on three drill was going on. And, you know, dished a pass right, admired it because it was like a little nice little sock hat. So did the old backhand chip, stared at it, uh, and then just kind of like you know, just like a unfortunate, um, like kid just kind of caught an elbow on me, like coming from the left, and uh, I guess like you know, finished the practice. And then kind of snapped after, like broke down again. Um, told the coach I was going home, and dude, I genuinely. So I drove out there. I left the next day. Drove to Cincinnati, five hours. Don't even remember, like just like concussed. Like I don't even remember the next two days. And I called my dad, and he flew out and drove the rest home with me. But. Um, it was such a quick, like, like I said, it was the first time in my life after a hockey practice where I was like, what am I doing? Like, what's going on? Um, it was like the quickest 48 hours of my life, man. Like made a decision, got hit, spent the night, woke up next morning, drove home. And that was, that was when I kind of realized it was like, I need to take this seriously. Like, this isn't something like, yeah, I'm taking the year off hockey, but like, this isn't something that can keep happening. Like I can't have this happen every year where the anxiety builds up. And then I have like a one week breakdown where I just mm-hmm. am not doing life healthy, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, so that was kind of when I came home and, you know, my family was so good with it. They didn't ask too many questions. They were just supportive. And after like a week of being home, we just kind of sat down and we were like, all right, we're here where do we need to go and the steps we need to take to get you to a place where you feel like whether you want to go play hockey again or whether you're going to get a job where you feel comfortable, where you can balance the highs and the lows and, you know, take a hit, but keep moving forward type of thing. And so that's when, you know, started full therapy and some medication and kind of just tackled it and went day by day from there throughout the year. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough to be able to, make that decision where you walk away from something that you love. Um, you talked about earlier how much time you put into it, into the physical aspect of nutrition, uh, missing out on a lot of, you know, social events. And um, the, the more you put into it, that's what you need to do to get to the next level. And the higher you get, it's like the stakes get higher because you look back on how far you've come and how much work you've put into that. And, exactly. then, and then you get to a place where you're having these um, – anxiety issues depression issues that you've kind of somewhat you know to a certain extent buried and yep. then and then they flare up and then exactly. the stakes get higher because i look how much work i put in to get to where i am exactly and, and now i have to make a decision where what's more important hockey or my mental health and that's very very hard to do it separating those two and like that one of the hardest parts about leaving like dude like a I've, I've never been one to like, I wouldn't call myself throughout my 20, whatever years of hockey, like a gym rat. Like I went and worked out. <laughs> like, I, I, like, you know, like I was like a 170 pounds soaking wet until like my junior year of college. Um, but that was the, that was kind of the stinger for me was 
um, this past summer going into this year, uh, it was probably the hardest I had, you know, ever, ever worked in a summer where, you know, I was always working hard for school, but like you said, the stakes seemed raised, you know, I was going into my first year, first full year pro. So, you know, I, you know, I was working out five days a week, skating three days a week, not playing as much golf, not going out and drinking as much. Like, it, like I felt like I went into that camp very confident in my abilities, but my mental confidence, my mental health was just like deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And when I got there and feel the anxiety building up, it just made me so angry. So I was sitting there like, well, fuck, I just worked my bag off for three months. And now here comes, here comes this. And I'm going to, I'm going to do some, of my regret or I'm going to walk away and having that kind of that battle inside of you, you push it down for so long and then the stakes get raised and it comes up. It's just like kind of like a combustion type of thing. Like how much can you take till you explode, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was probably one of the harder parts for me leaving was just like how much work I put into it felt like I almost threw it away. But then, like you said, I mean, there's not much more important than mental health. I think that that's number one. That's, that's how you, that's how you live every day. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> we're all three of us are in the same boat in the, in the aspect of uh, we all left, um, you know, this year and, like for myself, I was in Worcester and I was going through practice and I'd get third drill or halfway through and I'd go into a full panic attack. And like, I felt like I couldn't even fucking skate or feel my hands. Like, dude, you're, you're throwing like waist high soccer passes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Into you, the it's bench, a though. forehand pass and it's exploding <laughs> off your <laughs> stick and then your toe yeah. pick. <laughs> and, then, and then you're like, oh, everyone's staring at me. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm like two weeks. Camp and that I didn't catch a backhand pass. I would just let it, I'd lift my stick, let it hit the board. My coach's like, "Dude, what are you doing?" I was like, "Man, my hands are so shaky right now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I had no, but I mean, full... oh, yeah. go ahead. No, no, you you go ahead. I was gonna say I had my trainer in full goalie gear on the bench because he didn't know where my passes were going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. No, I just look back at the it. Guy. And it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like the organist in a Happy Gilmore, <laughs> <laughs> or the coach standing behind the glass. But no, man, it got to the point where I was like, I was so tired of dealing with that. Like the thing that I loved the most, and you know, I was coming back from a surgery, and I was like, you know, I busted my balls to get back, and. That was obviously a big part, but it got to the point where I was like, I don't even want to fucking be here, but I never have known life without hockey and without his partner. Yeah, exactly. And that was the hardest thing. Which is scary. That's that's something too. And I think that's something that's a little more unique to hockey players than other sports. And maybe it's the biased opinion, but like, you know, a, a lot of hockey players, that's their sport, right? Like, the amount of, like, especially, like, when you go out to, like, the Midwest area, dude, like, those kids, like, Chicago kids, man, like, they don't play Little League in the summer. They don't play lacrosse in the spring. Like, all they know is hockey, right? Like, starts in the fall, 
ends in the fall. Like it's an all year round thing. And as you get older, like that happened to us, like you just focus so much on hockey that like when you have a moment, like you did in practice in Worcester, like it almost feels like it's all just like crashing down. You start thinking like, Holy shit. Like this could be like the last time I play. This could be and like all those thoughts come to you and you're like, it scares you. You're like, you're, you're, you're like 30 minutes in the practice and you're like, shit, I might put a suit and tie on tomorrow and <laughs> sit behind a desk. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, a, it's the scariest thought, man. It's the scariest thought. And uh, that's the thing that I, I don't think a lot of people understand is how much effort is required because it hockey requires the extra effort because you're not just saying, you know, I mean, I'm from Jersey, so it's kind of hard to find hockey guys, but for you Boston kids, like now you're knocking over to the kid next door to you saying, Hey, grab your stick and skates and it's the middle of July. Let's go play some hockey. Like for, for us down here, you got to find guys. First of all, then you got to find ice. And sometimes it takes like 30 minutes to get ice. Yeah, <laughs> you're not like, Finding ice is a constant battle, no matter where you are. Exactly. And it's like, dude, like, so, so if you really want to do this, you got to really make an effort. And for the guys who go all in, it's like, you're invested. It's like, you got to drive 45 minutes. It's not you're just grabbing a basketball and going to the court behind your. Yeah. It's not an easily accessible sport. Like, like, yeah. Like you can't just throw on cleats and find grass and you're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like no we need 32 degrees throw it out. Like, yeah maybe no, to find guys too to play yeah, with yeah, you're yeah. passing it yourself <laughs> yeah no man it's it's like what danny said about the extra effort like that's only like part of it then you get the whole like nutrition side and like there's oh. There's guys like me that fucking eat a potato chip and put ten pounds on, like. And if yeah, I'm, dude. if I'm, you know, so focused on nutrition, then like something gets messed up, like that alone is a panic attack waiting to happen for me. And like, it's yeah, it's like little triggers, man. Like, like you said, yeah, like you, it's like it's like breaking a routine, and you're like, it throws you. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just like. That's that's just like one of the smaller things too. Like, imagine like missing a rep on, you know, a squat rack or something like that. That used to fucking drive me bananas. <laughs> exactly, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's I don't know. Like, I think like, and obviously, it's gonna take. You know, that's why I love like reading like those like players' Tribune articles and where these guys come out and like. Like, I think uh, Scott Darling and I think Robin Leonard came out with two articles about mental health. And, you know, you see the shit they go through, and it's so similar to stuff that we go through. And, like, it's truly, like, you're never alone. But I think as athletes, as hockey players, like, you want to get to a point where, like, no matter what, whether you're a minor pro or you're someone who's a 10-year vet in the show, like, one day it's going to be over, right? Like, you're not going to be able to play. I think you got to start taking care of your mental health, your anxiety. You got to, you got to start kind of accepting it and taking care of it before that happens. Right. Like hundred percent. Like there's nothing worse than like, 
like, dude, it's terrifying to me, like how many guys who are probably like, and you guys have seen it in like the coast and the SP and like guys who are like 33 years old, 34 years old, who are probably winding down their careers and like, you know, they're not going to have the game. It's like, what are the, like, are you going to be at a spot where your mental health is good leaving the game? Yeah. And like, obviously you're going to have the, like, you don't leave the game easy, right? Like it's a, it's a bitch to give up. It hurts. You miss the game and that's okay. That's all natural. But like, are you going to be able to move forward and, you know, take care of yourself, find something to do, find a new hobby. Like, are you going to be mentally healthy and stable when you leave? And I think that's something that kind of needs to be more recognized. Yeah. Um, throughout people's careers or, you know, lives. Because, you know, you only got one life. You don't want to live 10 years of it fucking miserable. Oh, yeah. No, no you definitely don't. Um, you know, you talked about all the, we, well, we all talked about all the effort that goes into the physical aspect of it. You know, for you, what are some of the things that, I mean, you kind of touched on earlier, but what are some of the things that you do um, on the mental side of things that's, that help you cope and kind of keep your brain um, working in the, or thinking the right thoughts and that, that sort of, yeah, sort of thing. Of course. Um, you know, it, it, it took me, almost like it was like trial and error right so like i knew like when i talked to my therapist or whatever that that was kind of their thing they'd be like all right what can we what are things you can do to like if if you're angry you're depressed like what are things what are outlets so you know it was kind of trial and error like man for me like any like any activity like golf for example like for me as frustrating as that game is like if i can go out there and just you know, however long I'm out there, just clear my head and focus on that. You know, that always uplifts me. Um, writing for me was so big, like that blog. I mean, it might sound selfish, but like putting the blog out there wasn't even really, you know, I didn't know what type of response I was going to get. I didn't know if people were just going to breathe it or if people were going to like call me and be like, dude, are you all right? Like, but the main reason I really put it out there is because like while I was writing it, I was just putting like so many years in like, just like thoughts I've had like out. Right. Like mm-hmm. and when you talk to a counselor, a therapist or a friend or family, like you're talking, you're venting, it's whatever, but like, you know, you don't really know if they're going to receive it well or what they're going to think of it. So like just having that time to myself where I could just write and just express how I was feeling. That was like a really big um, outlet for me. Um, that's probably the biggest one. And then little things, man, like, like I, I have like four playlists on Spotify. That's literally like, don't be angry, be happy. Like just like four <laughs> different playlists, like feel good tunes that I can like listen to. And then like other little things like, like seeing my nephew or just like spending time with family, like just like stuff like that, man. I mean, I know a lot of people go for runs. I'm not a runner, but like, there are just like things like that to get you moving. I think mm-hmm. finding an activity to keep you busy. And yeah, I mean, yeah. it's yeah, not a trial, trial and error process too. It's not going to happen overnight. You got to yeah. find out you. Yeah. Yeah. Like not everything you do is going to work, you know, like, and that's, that's just, that's just life. Right. Like, but when you do find stuff that works, it's, you got to stick to it. You got to like, for me, like, 
when I'm like depressed or like altitude, I can sleep for days when I'm like, when I first came home from Evansville, I was waking up like three in the afternoon, just like so depressed. But like, I realized like, all right, I got to wake myself up. Like I got to start my day. Like, so like for me setting like an alarm at eight, 9am, whatever it was and focusing on little things like eating three meals a day, four meals a day. Like my appetite was so bad. Like I'd wake up, at like three smoked like a double cheeseburger from McDonald's and, <laughs> like, and that would be like my that would be like my one meal <laughs> like, for me like, that was huge like waking up and like I have alarms on my phone like 9 a.m breakfast 1 p.m lunch so like dude I like when I went out to Evansville this year I was probably like best shape of my life like 185 pounds like had like two abs which was sweet um and like i was there for two weeks um and when i came back home i was 158 pounds so dropped like 25 pounds man looks like couldn't even eat um yeah so like i dude I, it was like i looked in the mirror and for the first like i was like oh my god um, yeah. and so you know 9 a.m breakfast 1 p.m. lunch, 5 p.m. dinner, 8 p.m. snack, like on my phone, just to like remind me. Because like yeah. when you have, like you guys know, like when you have like the depression, like sometimes it's like nothing, you don't really think of much. Things just kind of like float through your mind. Like you're not thinking, oh, I'm hungry, I'm going to go eat. Mm -hmm. You're just yeah. like miserable, you want to sit down. So like little cues and like triggers and reminders to do stuff was like big for me. Like I have like a schedule on my phone now with alarm set, but just kind of, it's a gentle reminder. Like, Hey, get up, eat, get up, go, you know, rollerblades, go do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like, <clears throat> um, like going back to what you're saying about like kind of the selfish part of, uh, publishing all that stuff. Um, I get that. Cause we were talking about the other day, like having this podcast is obviously to help others and, like bring awareness, but I was dating our Texan separately and like, <clears throat> I can't believe how much it's helping me individually because although I kind of have everything <clears throat> under control right now, even when I'm talking about it, it's like the most therapeutic thing I've done. Like, although I have other things that, you know, the little things that we do to kind of help us stay intact with everything, but I didn't realize how much this was going to be beneficial for me as well. So like, like sometimes you have to be selfish to actually address the difficult things you, you're going through. 1000% man. I think that's like, you know, you never want to be, it's, it's like weird to say it's selfish. Cause like it's, it's really not what it is at the same time, I guess. But like, yeah, like, dude, if, if you need to be like selfish in a way to, to make yourself better in the long run, like you got to do what you got to do, man. And like, you know, like whether it's like a podcast or writing or it's just kind of like, you got to find your niche. And like when, when Perry texted me about this the other day, like it, it like fired me up, like seeing like two guys that like, I've played against both of you in hockey. Like I know you guys pretty well, like mutual friends, like, and to see 
that and like get that text it was like this is pretty cool you know like it kids you know that like i wouldn't have guessed in a million years right like yeah mm -hmm. uh, and you guys know kids too probably like mutual friends and everything like there are some kids you wouldn't guess in a million years going through stuff or you know they always seem so bright positive and it's kind of like you know there are people out there who put on a mask but they they have their own issues and like starting something like this it's it's like the domino effect right like you guys starting something like this um two of my buddies at hobart just started a uh actual it's a company and they have an instagram uh tad talk about depression where they're trying to raise um you know just things about mental health anxiety and you see like these little different factions and things happening and it's just cool to see it's like it's a good shift oh yeah without a doubt it's dude, man seeing your uh your post back when you posted, I was like, clap. No, yeah. No shit. Huh? That's like a lot, like a lot of that. I got that reaction from like so many people. They were uh -huh. like, oh, like, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's crazy. And that's the one thing I started to realize, which I'm sure you do too, is that same, obviously same with flow. We've talked about this and it's just like so many people struggle in silence. And that's from someone who's been there and, ex and has the experience of being in that hole, um, which all three of us can relate. It fucking sucks. And yeah. if, if there's something that we can do to help others not get caught in the same trap that we did and not have the same feelings for so long, like right when you start feeling it, nip it in the butt, nip in the butt, yeah. say something. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't let it compound. Don't let it grow over time. Get it right when it starts the worst thing and like I look back right like like put it all the way back to prep school right when I first originally kind of started to feel like something was a little bit different inside me whatever you want to call it like I spent fucking four or five years of my life playing hockey spending time with friends family not opening up not telling anyone like i'm pissed off inside like something something isn't right i'm sad i'm angry whatever it was like i just pushed it down pushed it down and then like the first time i'm really ever away from home in college all of a sudden like it just like boom out of nowhere like couldn't keep it down anymore mm -hmm. and like i look back and it's like what if freshman year of high school i you know, I talked to someone or I went and saw someone like what would have changed? Like, I, I think significantly my experience in life throughout those, you know, four to seven years between high school and college would have been a lot easier. I would have known myself a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, so you almost kick yourself a little bit, like looking back and like you do with everything in life. You're like, Oh, I should have done this, should have done that. But like look back and I'm like, fuck, like I should have just like, should have said something you know mm -hmm. um and that's like stuff like like what's like podcast like if any kid like is out there listening or kids our age like our buddies like dude like even if it's a text even if like someone that you got to shoot a text to somebody like, hey can we talk can i talk to you like whatever you need to do just do it mm -hmm. and don't wait on like you said just nip it in the budge no that's one's gonna judge, no one's gonna judge you that's why hockey is such a special sport because, you know, you create those bonds. So, you know what? Might as well utilize them. And you just said it, and I'm going to say it now. I'm, Flo, I'm sure Flo will say the same thing if you're listening. Um, we haven't played together in years or whatever it may be. Just 
don't hesitate to call text. That's, that's why, that's why this sport is so special. So reach out, reach out. Yeah, dude. Like you, you got so many, like think about how many teams we've played on throughout even just the last like eight years between like midget fall teams, all this stuff. And like, you know, these kids and like, yeah, maybe you haven't talked to someone in like five years, but like, I guarantee you, if you went out and like grabbed a beer with them, it wouldn't feel like you haven't seen them in five years, you know, mm-hmm. like that's just like, that's a hockey community. That's how it is. It's so small and tight knit. Like everyone has an ear. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm sure a lot of people, most people, you know, are willing to listen. They'd rather listen to, you know, your struggles than read an article about how you're not doing so well or, you know, find out that you're really down in the dumps. So I, I just encourage now, dude, I just encourage people to speak up. Or, yeah, talk. or God forbid, like find out from a text that you're no longer around. Dude, it's, yeah. it's, that's like, yeah. and then you're like, this kid is my best friend or played with this kid. Yeah. What? Don't let I've it get seen, to that fucking point. Just got very close friends of mine have gone through, you know, family suicides or a couple like friends. And it's, 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 it, it's killer, man. It's so sad um, that someone feels so bad where they feel they have to take action like that. And, you know, looking back, I, I mean, I can't believe I ever where I am now from where I was at that point, it's been like a 180 completely, but like, it like kills me to look back and, think about that night and like everything that happened like it like breaks my heart dude and it's and i just it breaks my heart even more to know that there are other people in that situation and just haven't spoken up yet um and it's no it's very hard to do it's very hard to speak up i'm not trying to say like if you haven't spoken up you're an idiot because it's, <laughs> i know how hard it is. you guys know how hard it is like it's it can feel like a thousand pounds on your shoulders sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the best, like the best and kind of only way to do it is like what Danny said about nipping it in the butt, but anyone that's listening, like just cause you haven't spoke up doesn't mean you're an idiot. Like realize that it's okay to, you know, be in the fucking place that you are. And it's, it's not too late. Like, Take no, action on it now and get after it. Dude, the way, the way like, I explained it, um, a close friend of mine from Salve was going through some stuff this year, and he called me. And the way, the way I try to explain it now, man, like if you're playing hockey like, and you get hurt in a game, right, like the next day like, you hurt your knee, you're in the trainer's room, right? Like you're icing it, you're getting it stimmed, you're fixing it, right? why wouldn't you do the same for your head, your mm-hmm. thoughts, your brain? And that's, you know, that's one of the most important part of you. That's like, that's everyday life. And, you know, if you're, if you're going into the trainer's room, if you're going to the doctors when you're sick, like, why wouldn't you take an extra step to take care of yourself and, you know, deal with your depression and anxiety or whatever it is. Um, it's like it, it, you got to treat it like an injury, man. It, it doesn't get better by just sitting on the couch and doing nothing about it. 
Yeah. And, and like you said, this past summer, you put in all that work, took care of your body, ate the right way, didn't drink as much, skated a ton, all to show up to camp. And the one thing you didn't really tend to, which is your brain, and, and then you're out of the game. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's like, like the one thing you neglect right there is the, like you, we focus so much on the physical, but we don't focus on what's, what's up here, you know, what's, which is really the most important thing, which actually leads me to a question I ask you. In the game of hockey, at least since that's what we all know, what do you think could be done more um, to, um, I guess, make strides in, with mental health? Is it, you know, team psychologist mandatory for all college teams? Is it just something? What, what's your idea on that? So that's kind of like – I actually think about this a lot, right? Because, like, it, 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 there's so much you can do. Like, once you get to college or, like, a pro level – and there's more like funding and resources. I think like having like a team psychologist or a team sport, whatever it is, sports psychologist, therapist, mm-hmm. um, or even if it's just, it doesn't even have to be with the team, but like, you know, even like preseason, whatever it is, coach has a meeting and like, you know, just let, let the boys, let your players know like, Hey, I know nothing's as easy as it seems sometimes. I know, you know, even kids, depression is one of those things. You don't have to have it to have a bout of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. it can be like the flu. You can have it for three weeks and then, like, get it, you know, lifted. And you guys know as much as I do, confidence in thinking is it's like 80% of hockey, man. If you go into a game without any confidence or any, like, mental clarity, you're, you're already screwed. Like, you're not going to play well. And I don't know. I think with the higher levels – having a coach just tell the team like, Hey, you can come to me or, Hey, we have this psychologist who works with the team or the school has a psychology center. You can go to, um, just making it more aware, dude. Like I, I understand you can't employ a doctor for every team, like whatever it is, but even for, you know, younger kids, high school, I just think there needs to be more awareness of it. Um, and whether that's just meetings and letting people know their resources or having seminars, whatever it is, man, like it's just got to be talked about more. Um, and it's, it sounds so simple, but it's really so complex. Like it, it, there are so many topics to touch and all that, but it just, just needs to be broadcasted more, man, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, like, I don't know, it's, it's tough. What do, what do you guys think? I'd agree. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know we had that sort of resource at school. And, right, dude? Like, and then I, I had no one meeting with it regularly, you know? Yeah, man. Like, I, <laughs> I had no idea Salve had a counseling center until, like, my senior weekend. And I was like, oh, tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, we're I, laughing, but that's bad. It's terrible. It's like, so bad. I had literally, like, no idea. And, like, luckily, like, at that point, like, I had done therapy, like, outside of school and, like, a couple, like, I knew there were avenues, but, like, never once in, like, a pamphlet or a speech or anything did I get, like, oh, hey, by the way, below the cafeteria, there's a person you can talk to who doesn't judge me at all. Well, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, 
obviously just like awareness as a whole and just you know like uh clap said just the coach talking like saying things may not be as easy as the teams at a time but like just fucking letting people know that like like hearing someone say like i can't tell you the amount of times that if i had a coach tell me something as simple as hey I got you back. If you need something, come talk to me, whatever it is. Dude, that would have went so fucking far with me. And 100%. And I'm not talking like, you know, I'm not calling out any coaches. I'm just saying in general. Like, mm-hmm. make it clear oh. to your players that you're an outlet for them, regardless of what it is. Like, it, there's a difference between, you know, a coach being there for you, but, like, knowing that you – are comfortable enough to go tell them, hey, listen, like, I got a problem or, like, I'm fucking not okay. Like, just allowing them to feel that you're not going to think I'm a pussy. Exactly. And I, I, dude, I think that's, I think that's the problem with hockey cultures. And like you said, I'm not trash on any coaches. I've had so many good coaches, but like, and you know, their job's tough. They got to coach 30 like, dude, imagine coaching 30, 22-year-olds, like, 22-year-old guys. Like, that's the worst job on planet Earth. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like 30, I, I, 30 of me, it would be a fucking gong show. Like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> imagine, imagine just us three as a whole team, like, of us. <laughs> like, oh, man. Um, and, like, I, I think it's something that goes, like, overlooked. And it's something, you know, they grew up the same way we did. It's It's – tough 24 7 don't don't cry about it don't peek a word and it's just like that hockey mentality and you know the last thing on their mind is hey i'm like i wonder if my players are doing all right and it's not again it's nothing against them that's just like you know like when you go into the locker room like you don't look to your left and look at your stallmate and be like oh i wonder how he's really doing up top today you know like stuff like that dude and like dude I, I love like the spit and chicklets podcast i think i think that's awesome just like you know the constant hockey stories but like and i they've done it like there's been people they've had episodes but like even if they had like one guy a week or one guy a month who was in the nhl or has played you know whatever pro college hockey who are open about their mental health like if they could do an episode every once in a while, like, and do like stuff like this, like talk it out. Um, Cause you know, like, dude, dude, like so many people listen to that thing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it reaches the masses. Every hockey player from like age 12 on listens to Biz and Wit. And like, you know, like I think outlets like that, like little things like podcasts, like just like using social media, using your platform. Um, you know, it, it's, you can do some pretty incredible things. Like it, my when my blog post went up, man, I was so surprised to see how many people reached out. Not just hockey players, but like people I had class with at Salve, who I maybe spent a total of twenty minutes with in four years, reached out and were like, "Hey, by the way, really cool you shared your story." And so, like, I just think like using stuff like that goes so far in today's world. Um, that it's it's kind of important it's a tool now yeah yeah that's what we're trying to do here is utilize this as a tool to get 
it's not even like, man, we, yeah, we expressed our stories, but Simon about that, it's just for everybody else to have an opportunity to get shit off their chest. And we're like, Hey, we've been there. Hey, like we got your back. Like now we're resources for you to come talk to. Like you got all got our numbers now, you know, like call us, man. Like we've been there a hundred percent. And like the, the worst part about depression is you truly do. It doesn't matter how tight you are with your friends, team, family, you feel alone. That's what that disease we'll call it does. It, it singles you, it makes you, it singles you out and it makes you feel like you're just by yourself in your own head. Like that's the worst part about it all. And like starting podcasts like this, like I already like your page, you like you follow all of like you guys started the page like three days ago. You look down your followers list and it's like all kids I played hockey with growing up. Like, right. And like if, if one of those people or someone who, follows this podcast can just relate maybe they don't even have to speak up and say what they're going through but if they can just be like oh you know what like these three guys are talking about it or whoever you have on the show like i can relate to them oh yeah so they don't feel alone anymore and like maybe that maybe they're not ready to speak up but like they can go to bed knowing like all right like you know i got 50 fucking people who are going through or have gone through the same shit Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, clap. Uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time here, but we just um, we both really appreciate you coming on here and telling your story. And um, you know, it was awesome having you out. And man, it's awesome that you're still here to tell that story because your story is going to help a lot of other people listening. Um, and you're a super strong kid. And yeah, you just. You deserve to be here, so thanks. Oh, man. I mean, Thank you. It, 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 uh, it means the world uh, to me that you guys reached out and had me on here, and I, I think it's so awesome what you guys are doing. And um, I can't wait to continue the conversation and keep tuning in and seeing what you guys bring to the table. I think it's really cool what you're doing. And, uh, I can't wait to share it around and uh, just listen. It, I think it's awesome. So kudos to you guys for doing it uh not many people have the stones to you know start it up and do all that stuff so um i love it keep it riding and uh good luck with it all boys thanks Thanks, buddy yeah thank you man no problem fellas i'll catch you on the flip side all right (laughs) 